I always thought it was no whack. He's been always saying no whack. And then kind of recently, he's been changing it to no walk. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no right, wrong way to pronounce anybody's name, right? So. Yeah, right. Except for KJ, who catches it. He's like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The John G Show. Usually hosted by three Korean-American adoptees, this special episode is being hosted by their producer, Jerry Wan of Dear Asian Americans. And now, here's Jerry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very, very, very special episode of The Chan Chi Show. I am the producer of the show, Jerry, and you don't necessarily hear my voice on the show too often um, as we're just uh, behind the scenes here, but... I am here. The guys aren't here, number one, which might be a very good thing. Um, and you might be very delighted not to hear their voice, um, which I guess doesn't make any sense if you're tuning into the show. But anyway, we are here with KJ, Patrick, and Nathan's better halves. Um, two of them are married. One will be soon married. Um, so if I misspeak and just call them wives together, I apologize, Emily in particular. But um, the Chanchi ladies are here. And so... When we started doing this show, obviously the journey for the three guys and for so many adoptees across the world, it's not something that they go alone. Um, as with most of our lives, we, if we are lucky enough, we find somebody to spend the majority of our adult lives together and to share everything. And so we are now through, you know, almost 20 episodes of the Chanchi Show, and you've heard from the guys and our guests quite a bit, but we've never really heard. Um, directly from the people that they share their lives with and they also are sharing this journey with so we're going to spend a little bit of time uh you should be listening to this on or about christmas day so this is the chanchi show christmas special and we are going to be talking with allison sarah and emily ladies welcome to the show hey thanks for having me so we're going to start with you, Allison. Um, Allison, you more know whack or no walk. Nathan, <laughs> please correct us in the in the comments. Um, uh, introduce yourself and share with us a little bit about you, and um, maybe share with us one or two things that uh, we don't know about Nathan. Oh, so good. Okay, um, my name is Allison. Uh, I am a nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I work at a um, testosterone therapy replacement clinic. It's great. <laughs> Give shots all day long. Um, I have known Nathan for 13 years and I've been married to him for 10 years. And we have three crazy, wonderful young children right now. Oh, and then uh, anything about Nathan? Oh gosh, so many things. I Fun fact, he will buy anything that will that says new on the packaging. He is such a <laughs> consumer and I'm I, I'm a little embarrassed to say how many snacks we have in the house because if it says new flavor, seasonal, like, you know, he'll buy it just because it says new. Look at this new thing I bought. Wow. Why do we have more snacks? You didn't even finish the last ones. <laughs> anyway, it's a fun fact about Nathan. Nathan, this is a new episode. <laughs> Please listen. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, thanks, Allison, um, for spending a little bit of time with us. Um, and, and to give everybody a little bit of context, we're recording this uh, on a Saturday morning slash afternoon, depending on what time zone you're in. And so uh, Nathan is watching all three kids while now Allison gets to star in on the show. So uh, welcome. Um, Emily Benning is the fiance to uh, Patrick. And so Emily, share with us a little bit about you and uh, anything about Patrick that you think we should know. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Emily. I am a eighth grade English teacher here in Indianapolis. Um, I have known Patrick, I've known of Patrick for probably eight years. Um, we've been together for three and we're getting married this coming September. Um, yay. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um Something that he, I mean, I guess you guys probably know, but just all around comic book nerd. Like I have, we have a very distinct memory of the first time he, I was reading a comic book in his presence and his eyes when he was looking at me were just so dumbfounded. Um, and 
I don't necessarily share that interest, but um, yeah, he has a huge collection of, of comic books. They are everywhere in our house. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Welcome and congratulations on your pending, uh, I guess, soon next year. Um, Sarah, welcome to the show. Um, Sarah, before we get started, also manages our social media stuff for Janchi Show. So um, if you've seen the picture tiles and some of the other stuff that uh, you engage with on social media, that's her. So uh, the Janchi Show for the Ralku family is literally a family business. Welcome, Sarah, to the show. Um, share with us a little about you and something about KJ. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm Sarah. I'm currently the communication coordinator at Ozarks Food Harvest, which is our local food bank. Um, I'm sure y'all have a food bank in your area too that you might be familiar with. So that's what I do. Um, KJ and I have been together for almost 12 years. We've been married for four of those. Um, but I think we've probably known each other like 15 years because we met in middle school and middle school KJ was a real treat. <laughs> so, um, something that y'all probably, you might know this, he might've mentioned this on the show before, but he's a really big soccer nerd, but just for Liverpool, um, which is a team in England. So he will literally wake up like if there's a game because of the time difference, the game will be like at 6am on a Saturday and he will wake up at 6am on a Saturday to watch the game. So he's very committed <laughs> to Liverpool. That's awesome. Uh, we, we know that about him. And so I think there have been a couple of meetings where he's trying to end the meeting early as soon as possible saying, I got to go watch. That sounds something. about right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, 13, 12, 8. Um, I'm really glad and excited to have this conversation because all three of you um, have known the guys for uh, your respective guys for a very, very long time. And so, you know, we want to touch upon a little bit of things and really get your perspective, um, you know, and then how you saw things play out, um, you know, as everybody on the show, or if you're listening, you probably know um, all the three guys were guests on my other show called Dear Asian Americans throughout the summer, um, Nathan first, uh, then KJ, then Patrick. And the idea sparked in my head. And I said, what if we did a show for and by Korean adoptees? Um, and, and created a brand new show. And so obviously I talk to the guys almost on a daily basis um, and your opinions have been filtered through their voices. And so it's going to be fun for me to also get your perspective on things. Um, and so, you know, I, I've known Nathan um, personally for a number of years and I don't know when we quite met, um, but he and I volunteered together through an organization called Collaboration. Um, he's volunteered as a photographer. I volunteer to do random stuff. And then, so we've been friends for a while. And, um, and so I've known his adoption journey and family rediscovery story through what he shared on Facebook. Um, but I was really honored to have him on the Asian Americans. Um, and I was really, you know, uh, intent on having him share his story was hoping that he would, um, because I think as all of us would agree, uh, the adoptee voice in any sort of storytelling is absent, uh, more absent, or I guess not as visible as, as we all believe it should be. And in particular, in the Asian American storytelling context, it's really not there. And so um, I, I wanted to be very intentional in doing that. So Allison, I, I want to, you know, get your take on things. Um, I remember recording with Nathan, it was 9.30 or 10 at night. Um, he seemed a little nervous. You know, um, we've obviously heard his story a little bit of times. But um, what do you remember about that time when he came on the Asian Americans and um, what, what did he share with you either before or after he came on that show? Uh, well, he always likes to prep ahead of time. So he was trying to go through his photos <clears throat> ahead of time, just to remember every single little detail. Um, and he, when he gets nervous, he gets quiet, which is unlike my husband. I, you, he likes to chat <sighs> forever. So, um, but he, he was really excited about, you know, the interview, and actually, I, th I think it was a little bit more comprehensive interview than what he's done in the past. So that was really neat for him to share. Um, plus, there have been there are things that are always changing or things that we always learn, uh, you know, um, as the years go by, just talking to the siblings or the spouses of the siblings about their family dynamics or, you know, what exactly happened or things that they just suddenly remember. Um, so that was really cool. And I'm sure he shared a little bit with you during the interview, if I remember correctly. 
So uh, yeah, he's just so stoked to share his story because he has connected so well uh, with other people who have this same story. And it's finally like, I feel like he finally feels like he belongs somewhere, which is kind of nice for him. And I think it's been nice for me and, and us too um, to work on something that I think everybody can feel like they can belong to and that's it's their own. Um, and so, you know, honor of me and honor of mine, obviously, to to facilitate that conversation. Um, and, and, and the next person who, who jumped on the show, I guess, in, in sequential order was KJ on the Asian Americans. Um, I had no relationship with him. He just submitted the form blindly. And I said, well, this is interesting. Um we have this worship leader from Missouri who is a Korean adoptee and said, let's do it. What I remember about that, you know, he, he recorded from the church. Um, I think he seemed a little bit nervous. Um, obviously, since then, I've, I've gotten to know that he's not very nervous through most things. Um, but Sarah, tell us sort of how you saw it from your angle. Um, did he tell you that he was coming on the show? Was he? I don't think he's as nervous as Nathan. Nathan, we know, is the most prepared person. Um, and the most detail-oriented person, I think, out of the three. Um, <laughs> Patrick, like me, just wings the hell out of everything. And I think KJ somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> how did you see things, Sarah, when, when KJ came on Dear Asian Americans? He was really excited to find Dear Asian Americans in the first place because he was excited to find something that um, spoke to him and spoke to being Asian American because before he just hadn't really been involved in the community at all. Um and he's talked about it, but he didn't even really see himself as Asian American. Um, and so it was, I think, really, really cool for him to finally find something that was like, hey, these are my people. Um, and I asked him this morning, actually, I was like, are you nervous at all when you record? And he said he was only nervous when he recorded that episode with you for Dear Asian Americans. Oh, wow. Um, and he's told his story, I mean, tons and tons of times. But he... Um, I think it was just telling it to a bigger audience for the first time and telling it to an audience that didn't know him at all or have any background about him. Um, so he was really excited to get it all out there. And after it was, you know, in the public, he was sharing it with his friends and family. And that was just really cool to see him represented in that space. Meeting KJ was awesome because I think he's somewhere in the middle, right? Like, I think he's been to Korea. He's explored a little bit. You know, he had the benefit of growing up, I guess, the three of you in the more uh, diversity in Dallas, had exposure to different things. And the thing that he said that was most striking to me was that he, at that time growing up, felt more connected to the Latin culture and the Mexican-American culture that is more prevalent in Texas than he did being Korean or Asian-American. And I think that was really fascinating for me because that's neither of, you know, either his or his parents, you know, cultural identity. And so glad we found him. Um, I didn't know he was that nervous when we recorded, but... He hides it well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and em Emily, you know, the way Patrick found us was super interesting. And uh, we, we talk about it on the show a little bit, but um, he literally Googled or not Googled. He searched Asian American podcast on a podcast platform called Stitcher. Our show came up. He said, whatever, I'm going to listen to it from episode one. Um, heard my conversation with Jonathan Wong, who was our guest on episode one, sent Jonathan an email and we connected that way after Jonathan said, I think you should talk to this guy. And so that was really, really cool because I feel like I've had the great honor of sort of seeing his journey from day one and sort of seeing the flood of emotions and just like I don't know. I want to hear from you. Like, how, how did you see it? How much of that did he share with you? You know, it's, it seems like a long time ago, but um, share with us your perspective on, on Patrick coming on to the other show. Yeah. Um, he was so excited. Um, and yeah, I, when we first got together, it, it, he didn't seem super interested in maybe taking this journey. And just over time, it has, um, you know, it's almost been calling to him and he's and come to it. And being on your show was so special because I think telling his story to on this platform was more just about him saying it out loud to himself for the first time and um, really articulating and putting aligning that that thread throughout his life. And so it's been it's been really wonderful to watch him. Um, in this space, um, you know, there's been highs and lows. There's been a lot of emotions um, with it. And um, 
just having him feel like he's found his people for probably the first time ever has been um, so special to watch. And uh, yeah, we're just really grateful um, that this space exists and that he's been able to um, meet so many wonderful people that have met him with open arms and uh, given him more and more opportunities and you know, he is the kind of person who, if he's excited about something, he's excited about 175%. He doesn't know <laughs> how to do something or like something just a little bit. So um, the fact that he instantly sent an email, instantly ordered 10 books, instantly watched, it's it's very indicative of his personality. And uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think in, in some ways, Patrick and I share a lot of personality traits where it's just like, F it. Um, and, and we do things largely on impulse. I don't have any tattoos, nor do I have a giant back tattoo. I wasn't that impulsive. <laughs> However, um, there's a video of that somewhere. If, if people are listening and I'm like, what the hell is that? But we do have, I think, photos and, and video of that elsewhere. Um, I, I want to move forward a little bit and I want to get your perspective on, you know, going on, uh, coming on my show and, and sharing a little bit of that was, you know, step one. And I think, and, um, I was a little bit unsure myself of how do I want to approach this, but I, when I talked to the guys individually, there was a little bit of interest and curiosity and obviously hesitancy because we hadn't never really done this before of one, do you want some new friends? You know, as, as grown men, it's a little bit different. Like, Hey, do we want to meet new friends virtually? I know we can't leave the house or anything. And then when we got on the call, it was, I have this crazy idea. Why don't we do a show together? And so we'll go backwards and start with you, Emily. Like, how did you observe that situation? And, you know, what did, what did Patrick share with you about that? Hype. He is hype. <laughs> um, like, comes out of the room, runs downstairs, and like, guess what? Like, um, yeah, no, just pure adrenaline and excitement. And, um, yeah, <laughs> just buzzing, I guess. <laughs> Was like what was what part of it was exciting? Was it because I know he had talked about? I mean, he's a performer, right? So, yeah. um, Sarah Allison, if you don't know, he's a former rap artist. Um, <laughs> you can check out his music on on SoundCloud. Um, he even like moved to San Diego to pursue this rap career, and um, and and so I don't think it was a matter of like getting his voice out because he had done that before, right? But what what was about the fact? You know, because it was still he he's progressed at least from our observation so much from that date. Mm -hmm. But like at then at that point too, it was still almost like infant status in terms of his you know learning more and reading more, meeting new people. Um, what was the sore? What was the core source of that excitement from your perspective? Yeah, I think just giving himself a chance to ask some tough questions and some deep questions, um, and maybe um, look at back on his childhood and um, maybe a different lens and start to even like wonder. Um, I think, you know, just in the time that we've been together, he's grown a lot and that I think he's found a lot of direction and he thinks a lot more about the future and the impact he wants to have on the world and others and, you know, things he'd like to do. And so, yeah, I think he was just really, really excited to have, to be able to go down this journey with some guidance, you know, people who have experienced some of these things before, um, and also just the support people to hear him and, um, you know, be there for him. And so, yeah, <laughs> I think just overall, um, excitement. <laughs> That's awesome. And and I'm really glad that all three said yes. And then they said, well, what do we do? <laughs> so, um, and then the, and then the show was born. Um, Sarah, what about you? Uh, how, how did KJ take it? What was, you know, his, um, what was he running around the house excited or, you know, was, was he in, in KJ form a little bit more, uh, you know, calm and reserved in his excitement. <laughs> um, he was definitely more calm and reserved. I think he was a little tentative too before everybody met because he was like, well, I'm going to do this call with these guys that I've never met. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've listened to their episodes, but I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but I mean, even from the beginning, they just all clicked so well. Um, like even in the first episode, they sound like they've known each other forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think his journey, like he was ready kind of to start that journey and get more into the, um, adoptee community. And it wasn't really 
it's kind of something he was looking for, but it's also kind of something that fell into his lap because of you bringing them all together. Um, and so he got more excited as things progressed, I would say. And he had the opportunity to work on the website and um, those kind of things. So he was getting to kind of mix his passions together, um, which has been really, really cool for him. That is awesome. What about Nathan? We, we have fun with him because he's he's the most, uh, he overthinks things. He needs everything to be prepared. He's very meticulous about it, which is great for what he does, you know, uh, for his job and then for the show. How, how did he view sort of the opportunity to share his story through the show from your perspective, Allison? You just pinpointed it uh, right on the head. I He got really excited and he started like planning all of these things that he could do with the show and like the logistics <laughs> of how it's all going to work out and where it can go to, like what, what scale it can go to. We're going to try to reach this many people and then conventions and like his <laughs> brain gets into like business mode and then he just starts planning everything. So um, if for him, it's just been an amazing like pandemic project like I think most of us <laughs> have dabbled into something some people start Etsy pages you know our our significant others started podcast together um but yeah he is really just enamored with this idea of something that's special just for him and to mm -hmm. reach out to other people and to make a difference oh boy that like really tickles his pickle <laughs> 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 I've, I've never, <laughs> um, I've never heard that phrase before in my life, but that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Nathan, sorry. Um, I actually, I, He's a little embarrassed by me. I'm, I'm much more outgoing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, you know, le leading up to, um, you know, I, I brought up the idea to the guys a few weeks ago and I said, Hey, I want to talk to the girls and get their perspective on things. Cause, um, obviously it's a together journey and you know, not all Korean adoptees are, are men. We just happen to, you know, work with the three. So we didn't want it to be so much of a, a male dominated voice or, and to not tell the story without really checking in with you guys from time to time to figure out and to learn about like how you guys are observing things and how you guys are seeing things because it's, it's been really cool. Um, to talk to other people who are also sort of in that journey, whether they be family or, or spouses. So let, let's talk about what, what are some of the things that you've observed and um, your perspective of the guy's evolution or journey or, or progress through the last, you know, four months of the show. Um, for Nathan, um, this is pretty much up his alley, actually. Projects, um, sharing something a little bit about himself is what he really likes to do. Um, but internally and emotionally wise, it's fun to see him think about different aspects of Korean adoption because all he knows really is, you know, himself and, you know, other people that he's met. Um, so for him, he's actually had a very positive light with adoption. Um, you can kind of have the best of both worlds. For him, he had amazing parents, but then also his story with his biological family has, um, it's very bittersweet, but it's very heartwarming for him, you know? And so him just diving into this podcast, especially just kind of helps him just see other different avenues and look at different stories. Cause it's not all like him. He's been very lucky with his whole life, honestly. And even his, you know, finding his, uh, biological family and what they had to go through. But yeah, that's, that's his big thing. He loves to hear different, um, different uh, perspectives of adoption and it really kind of grounds him and makes him more humble of like wow I am like this this is a pretty an awesome life I think for Patrick um it's been really more recently he's really really dived into the history of Korean adopt adoption and um he's been you know, really interested in talking to more and more adoptees. He also loves hearing other people's stories and seeing bits of his own story within that. Um, but I think on a more personal level, um, you know, he's always dealt with, you know, a pretty deep sense of abandonment and a deep, you know, wanting to be liked and getting validation from other people. And so I think this podcast and this space and this community has brought that to light in not always the most positive ways. And sometimes 
positive ways as well. But um, because it's here on the surface, he's been able to, you know, think about it more, ask himself some questions. We've had a lot of extensive conversations about that. And uh, I think it's something he's actively working on too. still, um, you know, he's still, I think still really, this is all still really new uh, for him and for us. And, uh, you know, he just got, you know, they guys, they just talked about the ancestry kit, which I think will be, you know, they're, I think it's going to be one of those things like it's a the before and then the after. So yeah, we're here for it. <laughs> I think KJ, um, like I've seen him really enjoying the balance of the show and the things that he's learning because they just have so much fun together. Like when they're recording, I just hear him laughing so loudly. And if it was actually that loud in your ears when you were listening, you'd be like, this is too much. <laughs> um, so thank goodness for editing. But um, there's such a good balance between the fun that they have and asking serious questions and answering them. Um, and for KJ, he, I think he thinks a lot and he keeps things kind of inside unless I ask him like very direct questions about what I want to know, how he's feeling. Um, but I can tell he's just been thinking about his journey. Um and about the adoptee community and how he can use his story to help other people. Um, and also learning, I mean, I've learned this too, that adoption is messy and traumatic and all these things, but the way it's always presented to us as, well, I don't know, as Americans more so, um, is that, oh, it's just a happy ending because these kids have come into America and their life's going to be great, mm -hmm. but it's not always that way. Um, and so I think to see things from different perspectives has been really good for him and for me, um, just to kind of learn that everybody's story is completely different um, and that there's not really a pattern. So I'm excited for him to see what else he learns along the way. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I've learned along the way too. Um, and I think we are all um, continuing to learn sort of the uh, unfair distribution of who's owned the narrative of adoptee voices um, for a very long time, um, particularly when we're talking about transnational and transracial adoptees here in America. When uh, we look at who are the scholars that are writing these pieces, who are the people that are speaking on behalf of these uh, now adults, but children, um, what we've been excited is to contribute to this growing and massive movement of adoptees owning their own voices and saying, this is our experience and we're going to own it and we're going to tell it from our story because we're old enough. We have platforms now. And, um, you know, part of the show that we also do too that I think is fun, uh, and really more fun and educational is sort of the discovery of Korean culture and stuff. Um, you know, we'll, we'll snack on something together here in a little bit um, to, to wrap up the show. But um, what what is something about Korean culture or Korean American culture that, you've learned as a result of being a spouse or partner through this, the Chanchi process? I think the, um, I don't remember what it's called, but the tradition where you have your one-year-old pick out an mm -hmm. item to see what their future career would be. I think that has been um, something that's really interesting. And any other customs like that? Um, because we just don't have, I don't know, traditions like that in America as much. Um, and so I hope that when KJ and I have kids, we can incorporate those kinds of things and, um, more Korean culture into our lives. Cause I think it's going to be important to teach our kids like, Hey, this is, this is part of your culture too. Um, and so maybe having a hanbok and all those kinds of things would be really, really cool. And I also love the snacks, but sometimes I do get mad when KJ will like eat the entire snack before I get to try it. <laughs> it only happens occasionally. Most of the time he saves me some. <laughs> I think, uh, I think my answer is very similar. I think, um, you know, we've been talking, you know, it's the holiday. So we've been talking more and more about like what traditions do we want to start and like, you know, when we will have, when we, if we have kids, uh, what traditions and kind of customs would we like to introduce them to? Um, the snacks have been great. I actually got, um, all my, our whole family pockies for a stocking stuffer. Um, and I got to go to like a Korean market for the first time, which was really special. And so, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, because I'm already Asian American, I actually, dude, I, out of 
you know, my Japanese and Chinese side, dude, Korean culture is like the place to be. They have like the best food, like the <laughs> best, like they party like the best, like, and, and it's, it's just great. Like the, the traditions, um, you know, my cousins, they have the red egg ginger party for Chinese side, you know, and, uh, my Japanese side, we go to like Obon, which is kind of like I don't know, Japanese version, Festival of the Dead kind of thing. Um, but the for family orientation, like the doljanchis, like you were talking about, is like so fun. And everyone's like, what, what, what? They touch the, 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 um, the, the spool of thread. That means they're going to have a long life, but they didn't actually pick it up because they actually picked up the stethoscope. So they're going to have a long life and be a doctor at the same time. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, but honestly, the food, which is very heavily immersed in the Korean culture, is like the place to be. That's where Nathan and I have really dived into a lot. We we have, I want to say we have more Korean food than Japanese and Chinese food for sure. And, uh, you know, my kids, like they eat so much like Asian food right now. It like it makes me so happy. Uh, they'll eat sundubu and like they'll, you know, they'll have japchae and uh, uh, like, you know, kimbap, you know, all the time. It's so fun to make with them too. And they just think it's normal. And like, wow, I would have never had like tofu and rice for breakfast <laughs> like you know growing up myself <laughs> and my, my kids too <laughs> so it's, it's really fun just to dive into especially the food portion but I need to learn how to assimilate to Nathan's biological family that's like our main goal because when we see them we're like oh let's have like pancakes for breakfast and they're like oh that's more like a dessert thing to have so much bread I guess and they just want like rice vegetables like uh those you know just a lot of vegetables just to get it uh, in their system for the day. Um, so little things I'm learning here and there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, what's something that you're curious about or want to learn more about? How to make the food. How to make yeah. the food. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally the perfect wife for Nathan because we, we just want to eat all the good food all the time. Yeah. I'd love to take a cooking class. Great. A Korean cooking class would be awesome. Mm -hmm. I would love that. We've taken like a, an Italian cooking class, but yeah. it's, not, it's not the same. <laughs> we, we flirted with the idea of like doing some sort of like cooking component at some point. Yeah, that'd um, be really fun. It's just so hard given the logistics of, you know, like... We, you know, look in a perfect world, if we could get the three guys in a kitchen together with a camera crew mm -hmm. and just like, it'd be really, really good, but also really, really funny. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so hopefully, um, get your damn vaccine shots. They're starting to come out this weekend and, uh, maybe we can do it next year. Um, <laughs> you know, let, let's freestyle for a little bit. What are, what are some thoughts, questions or, or comments for at me or each other? Well, I always ask KJ questions about either the boys or about the significant others. I'm like, oh, what does Emily do? What does mm -hmm, Allison yeah. do? And he just like doesn't know the answers yes. to these very basic <laughs> questions. And I'm like, how has this not come up? You've been talking for months. And they text constantly. Yes. Like, I don't know if you noticed this. KJ's always like holding his phone and giggling. I'm like, who are you texting? He's like, oh, just the John Chi boys. <laughs> um, so I think it's really funny that there's like they have this really deep and great connection, but they don't know like some basic things about each other or their significant <laughs> other. So it's good to actually see your faces and be able to talk to you and learn about your own lives. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> it feels like in a lot of ways they've known each other for so long, but yeah, never met. And yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I know my husband appreciates because he himself is a very goofy guy. So when he meets other like fun, goofy, can laugh at themselves, like, you know, bros too, uh, that's, <laughs> that's his element. So he's just super happy to have like a new posse of people <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, you know, and, uh, but, uh, I was wondering with, uh, you girls, do you, um, is it just fun to see them kind of evolve and be more immersed into like the Korean culture or just maybe American, Asian American culture in general? And are you like having a fun time learning too? I mean, cause you're, you're doing everything with them. Yeah, yeah I think it's been fun. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> I think it's just been really fun. Um, 
the the culture is really fun to me. I taught English in Korea for a summer back in college. Um, I've always just been really interested in Asian culture and Korean culture. Um, And so to learn more about that and to get to do it alongside KJ has really been really cool. Um, And like now I'll go to the Korean market by myself just to like get kimchi or get seaweed or things that we like keep in our house now. Um, so I've just really enjoyed walking alongside him and we have cooked a couple things too. Like we cooked, uh, bibimbap a couple weeks ago, um, cooked ramen a little bit. We're still trying to perfect that with the cooking the egg and the water when you're like spinning the (laughs) noodles around. Um, but I think that's been really fun just to experience together because like it gives us something, I don't know, creative to do kind of, and I get to learn more about, um, Korean culture with him. So that's been really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The same. Um, you know, we're still so new in this and, uh, but you know, watching Patrick Matt try to master the chopsticks and, um, getting to go to the market with them has been really exciting. And it's, it's neat because I, a lot of my students are really interested in Korean culture as well. You know, BTS is the thing. So, um, being able to connect with them in that way too has been, has been great. I have one more question for you girls. Okay. So for me, when I got married to him, I was like, we need to know your biological family because I need to know all of your genetic, like medical history, family history. (laughs) Like I need to know if we produce children, like what is it going to be like? I need to be prepared. I push, 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 push. You need to find it. You need to learn this information. Go, 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 go. Are, Are you, are you guys insistent? Like I am because I'm a little pushy, <laughs> but I didn't understand like why he didn't want to do that in the first place. What was the holdup? And until he saw the, the, the Dan Matthews, you know, mm-hmm. documentary. I think, yeah. For KJ, like, I do want to know those kinds of things. Cause I'm like, you know, what do you have going on? We don't know anything about like your family <laughs> medical history or anything like who knows, um, what could pop up. And so like, that's, I am really curious about that just for like the health and safety of our future children. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, like I used to ask him more when we were first married, but now that I've seen him on this journey, I'm like, okay, I get kind of why you might not want to meet your biological parents for, I mean, it'd be good to have your family history, obviously, but like, I don't know. There's a lot of baggage that comes with it and Mm -hmm. you don't know how it's going to go. Like you don't even know if they're still alive. Um, or if they, they might not even want to meet him. Like there's so many possibilities of the story. And so I think he still is nervous about that. Um, and since the show started, he's like gone back and forth about like, okay, yeah, I might be like more ready now, but maybe I'm not. (laughs) Um, so I think at some point he will decide to do that. Um, And I hope that he, you know, I hope it's sooner than later, like for me, but I'm also willing to wait for him and kind of his timeline for meeting them or, uh, reaching out to them. So, yeah, I, I think I obviously would want to know those things as well. Um, I think when we first start got together, you know, Rebecca was far more invested into the Korean culture and had already got started her journey. And it just didn't seem like something that Patrick was interested at that moment. And, uh, I can't, I think I just kind of knew he was going to come to it when he was ready. And, you know, if he never got there, then he never got there. And then you were very understanding to let him have that space, which I didn't understand about Nathan and, or Korean adoptees, uh, that some people just aren't ready. And that's totally okay after listening to so many stories now that some people just aren't ready to do it yet. Maybe in a few years, maybe never, but it's okay. And you're Mm -hmm. so understanding and you're so wise to let him have that space versus me. I was so pushy. So (laughs) advice to any spouses of Korean adoptees, just let them have their space. They'll come around to it if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I do think uh, I, I am. A little nervous though. Um, I, I'm nervous he's going to get hurt. Um, you know, um, might find some information that's, and he's has such a big heart and is so sensitive. And so I sometimes do feel a little protective of that. And, um, but overall it, the story is going to be what it is and, you know, it's going to, it's going to impact our lives moving forward. So and I think like for KJ hearing Nathan's story has been encouraging. Um, cause he's like, okay, like somebody like me did this and it, it's okay. Um, and like having the chance to meet any siblings that he, biological siblings he had, I think that's really, um, kind of like a driver for him just to be like, I have family, family, biological family out there. Um, and hopefully 
they want to meet me <laughs> eventually, but I'm definitely okay with him um, kind of putting that on his own timeline. Like if it doesn't happen until he's like 40, that's fine. Um, and we'll just have our life like we do and let him take his time when he's ready to reach out. And I think that's been the most, um, the biggest lesson for me and I think for everybody else as we're um, sharing the three stories of three Korean adoptees currently on their journey and you're seeing it as it develops. Um, you know, what's also kind of been um, a, a nightmare from a production perspective, but a blessing from a storytelling perspective is we're recording these in, in you know, sequential order. And so from week to week, um, as they're catching you up before the interviews of what's new and what's going on and, and the things that are happening, um, you see the progress. And I think, uh, one, it's doing phenomenal things in the community to make people feel less alone and to feel included. Um, and it's not, and I'll be very, very honest, like I catch myself sometimes and I'm just mindful of me not sharing too much direction or perspective because it's not mine either. Um, I'm just here to facilitate it. Um, but I think it's really given opportunity and I see the tears and the smiles and the joys between the new friends that are made. And it's finally this place and this platform where like we can just be us and there's no right or wrong answer. Right. And so I think that's been the, the, the most validating part about this entire journey is that the answer is that there is no answer. Right. There's no right way to be an adoptee. There's no right way to be a Korean person, first of all. Um, and, and there's no right way to experience this. And and so I, I think that's sort of what I hope that other folks who are listening to the show on a regular basis walk away from is that, you know, with two hundred thousand, there's no there can't be a thing that brings us together, um, totally. And so I, I think that's been the most fun part. Um what what is something that um and we'll wrap with this like i i know uh you know we we've talked with a lot of hope and ambition and sort of um uh, what can this be in, in the long run right um we we've talked about doing this for a long time there's you know video component there's some uh charity work that i think we want to start uh mixing into it next year in terms of you know providing other opportunities to um experience some things um you know uh humanity willing um, I think they all intend to attend the conference next summer and to present or to share, uh, you know, the story of of the show, um, you know, to a live audience. And, and it's so what does this mean for you guys and your evolving relationship to the guys? Um, you know, obviously, Nathan and Allison, you guys have three kids. But, you know, as as the other two start to think about start having a family and all these things, like what 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 does this mean for you guys and like how you view your future with your man? You know, for him, like our, I think everything else in our lives are pretty solid, but I do feel like with Nathan, he doesn't, for himself, he doesn't dig deep enough on anything that makes him feel uncomfortable. Um, he's just pretty like happy go lucky guy. And I realized even with his family, his biological family members and his, you know, uh, uh, adopted family member, but everyone's just so happy, you know, this, this just, him it's his aura um so but for me and my family we like to dig deep we like to find out why oh this one thing happened and that's why this is happening so we like the drama we like the k-drama right um <laughs> so i'm always like poking at nathan like these kind of deeper questions like well how do you feel about this? Like, how, would, you, would you think about, you know, your your parents, you know, passing away and how your mom, that's the last thing that she wanted is to find her baby boy. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about your sisters and, you know, uh, your, your brother and, and that camaraderie? How does it feel like having a brother? Like, um, I want him to just dig deeper into himself and just grow as a person because he's so much potential. He's already a great guy already, but if he could deep, dig deep down and through the show, I think is his outlet and he'll get there. Um, I think he's just going to become like a, a super awesome guy with a lot to teach after it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, KJ is already like pretty deep. Like he contemplates a lot of things. Um, but I'm excited to see 
how he continues in his adoption journey through that and how his story is able to help other people. Um, cause he's really, he's all about like leaving a legacy, um, and having a, not a good story to tell, but an important story to tell that can teach something to somebody else. So I'm excited to see how he can use his story for that. And his story obviously is going to keep evolving as he's on this journey. Um, and so as he's alongside the other John Chi boys, um, I'm excited to see how they learn about each other um, and how, I don't know, learning from each other and the guests kind of brings them further along on their journey and what that'll bring for us too. Yeah, I am excited for similar reasons. Um, I'm also excited for when Patrick's able to go to Korea for the first time. Um, and hopefully we can make it a family affair. And he's already said he needs his few days by himself to just go wonder and soak it in. And um, I think that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what that brings out in him. And um, yeah, just how connecting with this, this group is going to, um, as you guys said, like give him things to be able to teach later and how it's going to, um, influence the way he parents and, um, he's a friend and he's a son and, uh, so yeah. That's awesome. I, I think again, there's no right, one right way to tell any story. Um, but the fact is that every story does matter. Um, it's been quite an honor for me to have played this role of, um, bringing the guys together and to, uh, contribute and bringing this community, um, and then giving light to the stories in this community that I think is, is really, really cool. Um, and in our own way, in our own unique way, I think um, whether the Chanchi show becomes the thing or as a, a springboard or a trampoline from which we can jump and go on to do other things and to leave our legacies and, and do stuff, um, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm really excited for next year to bring um, all eight of us together. I hope we can all meet somewhere um, eat a lot of Korean food, drink a lot of soju, laugh, get drunk, don't remember <laughs> half of it. And because um, we do that online and it's not as fun if you're <laughs> technically getting drunk by yourself in a room. It sounds pretty fun desk. from downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I want to thank the ladies. Um, we all know um, without our partners, um, without the support that we get, um, we can't do any of this, um, whether it is time support, financial support, emotional support. Um, you know, those of us crazy enough to want to start projects, uh, particularly in the media space, which is really, really time consuming, um, not possible. So uh, thank you for um, allowing the guys to partake in this, um, for giving them the space and the support that they need, because um, not every day is easy. And I know some of the stories that we share um, are particularly difficult. And then to you know, everybody else listening too. you know, it, it does take a village. And so as my final question, what is one thing that you want to share with all the other spouses and the partners out there um, that are spouses and partners of Korean adoptees? We don't know where they are on their journeys, you know, but I think our, our crew here represents a nice intersection of life stage and sort of journey on their adoption journey. What, what is something that you have learned or that you have reflected on that you want to share with somebody else who may feel, you know, less alone on their journey or not quite sure what to make of how to be the, the most supportive person to their uh, current adoptee spouse or partner. I think the biggest thing, the two biggest things that I've learned is that, um, as I said before, they need their space. And I, when you're stubborn, like I am, and you don't realize that, um, it, it can be a little pressuring on them. So let them have their space, let them open up when they're ready. The second thing is, uh, Korean adoptees, or at least by my perspective from Nathan, it makes them feel like an outsider. But being a Korean adoptee is such a special group, actually. And it's so unique and it's special. It's special to be a Korean adoptee. You know, it's it's you're you're kind of like in this special category and you know not very many people know exactly how you feel and you know your experience and what you've been through and it's a cool group to be in is 
and you're not an outsider. You're not the minority in a sense. Like you're you're in this cool group that you have very similar um, uh, experiences like everyone else. I don't know. I just think, I think it's really cool. And so don't feel like, uh, you know, like you're, you're an outsider, you're alone, you don't fit in with everybody else because you just need to find people who are exactly like you. And then you click in, right? Just like, I think that's why these guys get along so well yeah. is because they have so much in common. You're, you're like, I love chicken fried steak or something, you know, <laughs> like I know I, I'm learning how to use chops. I've never had sushi before. You know, mm-hmm. my parents are white, you know, everyone thinks we want to split the bill. Like they have so many little like <laughs> things that they have in common and they just need to find that special group, you know, that's, those are the two things that I absolutely love what you just said. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. The pride and the confidence that I've seen in him since finding this such special space. Um, So absolutely. And uh, the thing I think I've learned the most is, uh, yeah, just the patience and giving them the time and the space and they're going to come to you. Um, And sometimes, again, it's just a lot with Patrick. It's Sometimes I know he's saying things out loud to me that he's really still working on and just being that space to hear him and not even say anything back, you know, sometimes just being there to hear and um, be like, okay. And then we talk about it in a few more days and see, watch that process evolve and um, him build on different ideas and dig a little deeper in himself. And uh, so, yeah. I would definitely say patience as well. <laughs> I am not a patient person. I'm just like, okay, I want to do things. I want to know the answers. <laughs> um, but kind of giving your person space uh, to think about these things, but also asking questions. Um, because sometimes like if I don't ask KJ questions, he's not going to tell me anything like at all. <laughs> um, so I think it's good to ask those deeper questions. And through listening to the podcast, sometimes after I listen to somebody's story, I'll ask him like, Hey, well, how did this, you know, make you feel you didn't really have a chance to talk about it. Um, and how is that affecting your journey? Um, so I think a lot of patience and a lot of, I don't know, questioning are good. And I am so glad that all of you guys have met. We are a part of a family that I think, um, will have many, many more memories together. Um, I personally hope the Tanchi show lasts a long time, but, um, even if it evolves into something else or, or, you know, whatever happens, um, you know, for, for us, we consider it obviously a brotherhood, but it is more of a, a tribe of our spouses and our kids. Um, you know, uh, my kids haven't barged in yet. I think Jacob made a, a slight appearance, but, um, you know, we all know each other's kids and we all know each other's stories and we all will get to know, you know, each other better. So um, in, in true Janchi fashion, we're going to come back and taste a Korean snack, maybe for the first time, maybe not. We don't know. Um, I know what's in the box because I packaged it, but the guys don't even know. So um, stick around and we'll be back with the ladies and maybe even the guys. We'll see if they want to. I don't know how we're going to split headphones, but if we can figure out a way to split headphones, we'll let them in. And um, we'll be right back. Okay, everyone. So here is the deal. Uh, This episode was filmed back in 2020, a year which I'm sure we are all ready to forget. Uh, And true to form, uh, some of the episode got lost in the mail. Um, And so we do have the food portion, but we will be releasing it at a later time. But we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week with our regularly scheduled content. Uh, If you haven't, please join us on the After Party, which is our Facebook group. It's a great way uh, just to connect with us on a more personal level, uh, see kind of the day-to-day of our journey, the things that we're exploring, the things that we're doing. Uh, As always, you can find us at The John Chi Show uh, anywhere on social that you want to be found or send us an email to johnchishow at justlikemedia.com. Uh, please take a moment and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, as that really helps. Um, you can find my co-hosts, Nathan at Noak Photo, Patrick at Patrick Isn't Real on SoundCloud, or at Patrick in the World on any social platform, or just Patrick Armstrong if you're just like in the neighborhood and you feel like shouting that out and being like, hey, is this Patrick? Uh, you know, you could just try yelling that and see if he comes running like a superhero. Who knows? Uh, I am at KJ Relke. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>